0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the fiftieth episode of the Puck and Right Chicago podcast. Halfway to a hundred, we are. We mentioned this before, I think, on an earlier podcast, but we are going to hit a hundred this season. Um, if barring any like emergencies or changes to the schedule or anything like that, um, we will be keeping this schedule as long as un- until we don't. Uh, but this is our fiftieth episode. This is super exciting. Um, I put the little like party hat emoji guy on our dog. I love
1: the party hat emoji guy. He's fantastic.
0: Yeah, he's great. And the name of this this episode, I just like thought it was very fitting because tomorrow, the when you're going to be hearing this on Monday, is the start of preseason for majority of the teams in the NHL. I will mention the the one preseason game that happened today on third on Sunday, uh, but the time is nigh for the NHL season. It's right around the corner. Preseason starts tomorrow. Training camp has been in full swing for majority of the teams. So. Um, it's been a pretty, it's been a pretty crazy week. Um, I was gonna mention the the game that happened today between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Arizona Coyotes. It was crazy to say that there was a hockey game that happened today. Uh, but the I know. Golden Knights, the Golden Knights beat the Coyotes six to two. Max Patriotti had a hat trick. Um, they also got goals from Vinnie Hinestroza on the Coyotes' side and Ilya Lub- uh, I always say it wrong, Lubushkin. Uh, But Patrick had a hat trick. Cody Eakin had a goal, uh, and so did Riley Smith and Brady McNabb. So hockey happened today, um, and that was really exciting. And tomorrow there's going to be a whole slate of teams, including the Chicago Blackhawks, who play the Washington Capitals tomorrow. Um, They play at 6 p.m. local time. But you also have the Devils and Canadians, Jets and Oilers, Panthers and Predators, Bruins and Devils. Uh, It's a split squad for Devils. Uh, Islanders, Flyers, Penguins, Sabres, Panthers, Predators. That's also two split squads. Um, Blue Stars, and then the Canucks and Flames also have split, split squads tomorrow. So um, it'll be pretty exciting that, that hockey is is back and rolling.
1: Yeah, I'm very excited. When I, For some reason, I was just, like, scrolling through Twitter. I don't remember if I was looking for something or just, you know, mindlessly scrolling as you do. Um, and I saw Vegas tweet that something about, like, intermission or something, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And because I, I looked and I looked at the score, and it was like the Coyotes and the Golden Knights, not like you know, like the Blackhawks, um, and the Blackhawks. But <laughs> I was like, wait, there's an actual hockey game today? That's so exciting! I'm very, very exciting, very excited that hockey's back. I, I don't know. I just feel like this summer has been so long, so I'm like really ready for it to be hockey season again. And I was, I think we were on the way to the grocery store this morning, and. I just like put my music on shuffle and Chelsea Dagger came up, and when I tell you that I screamed, sang that song, I mostly just screamed it. I was just so happy to hear that again, especially knowing that obviously like the Blackhawks kind of played today. So I don't know. Very we will excited. get to that. We'll get to that later. It's going to be the best season ever. I can feel it. Well, we've got lots to
0: talk about since we last um, spoke to each other because. The dominoes have fallen, and a lot of RFAs are off the table and participating in their training camps. So I am literally going to run through this entire list, and then obviously there's ones we're going to hit on. Uh, But, so a couple things before we get into actual contracts that are being signed. There were talks last week about the Carolina Hurricanes and the Anaheim Ducks being in talks about a Justin Falk trade. Nothing has happened. Don't know if anything will happen on that front. There was a lot of issues with his no movement, uh, no trade clauses and everything, and then also uh, he would only like to be traded if he was going to get an extension. Uh, so that's something to keep an eye on as well. And then also, um, the, the last week, Mark Bergevin, who's the general manager of the Montreal Canadiens, was looking to extend, It said they're looking to extend Max Domi. Uh, the talks are in movement, but there's no. he's not going to make any other comments on that, he said. Uh, but there is interest there to extend him and keep him as a hab for a while. But those, those two things being covered. Here are the contracts that have been signed this week. Uh, over this past week since we've last talked. So Zach Rowenski leads it off. He signs a three-year, $5 million contract with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Last season he played in 82 games, had 11 goals and 33 assists for 44 points. Um, then following that, Pavel Zaka of the, Do- of the New Jersey Devils signs a three-year, $6.75 million, million contract. Last season he played in 61 games, had 13 goals, 12 assists and 25 points. Kevin Fiala is also off the board. He signs a two-year, $3 million contract with the Minnesota Wild. His hockey reference said he played in 83 games last year, which is I don't think that's right. But he had 13 goals and 26 assists for 39 points. Uh, Josh Morrissey is locked up with the Winnipeg Jets for another eight years. His contract carries a $6.25 million average annual value. Ivan Provrog, the big stud on the blue line for the Philadelphia Flyers, signs a six-year $6.75 million contract. Uh, Last season he had 82 games, seven goals, and 19 assists for 26 points. Uh, Josh Morrissey, I forgot to mention he played in fifty nine games, had six goals and twenty five assists for thirty one points. Maybe I did mention that. Now that I'm saying it again, uh, the big, the big, the big Kahuna signs. Mitch Marner, he signs a six year, ten point eight nine three million dollar AAV contract with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Really nice to get ninety three in there. Your number in London, Mitch. Uh, he played in eighty two games, twenty six goals and sixty eight assists for ninety four points. Uh, Jared Spurgeon on Saturday signs a signed a seven year seven point five seven five million dollar contract with the Minnesota Wild. This so they have all of their RFA's locked up. Last year he played all eighty two games, had fourteen goals, twenty nine assists for forty three points. And today, Sunday, Charlie McAvoy signs a three year four point nine million dollar steal of a contract with the Boston Bruins. Last year he only played in fifty four games and he had seven goals and twenty one assists for twenty eight points. So let's start at the top and talk about Zach Rowenski because he was the first chip to fall, the first guy to kind of set set the wheels in motion here for a lot of the other RFA signings. And um, not saying I called it, but I said that out of all of them, Zach Rowenski was most likely to be in camp by the start of camp,
1: and you he did was. Say that.
0: So yep. um, we can start there. And if you got any thoughts on that one that you want to talk about,
1: I think it's a good deal. I think um, I think a lot of these you're, you know, you kind of look at them. None of them are long deals aside from the Josh Morrissey one. And I guess like you could count the, uh, Ivan Provorov and Mitch Marner signings as long. They're six years. Um, but most of them Spurs are like seven. Two, Oh, uh, Spurgeon too. Yeah. I just saw that. Um, um, but like a good chunk of the younger guys are signing these like short deals. And I think, I think we're going to see more of that with We'll get to them in a minute, but, like, the other guys who haven't signed yet, I think a lot of those will be those kind of, like, shorter bridge deals um, since those are a little bit more popular nowadays. Um, but I think the zakorensky one looks good. I think it's – I don't necessarily think I'd call it, like, a steal, but I don't think that's a bad number for him at all. I think he's right in that ballpark. I had him, like, five yeah. to
0: six in that ballpark. Um, he's going to be – a bit, he already is a big contributor on the of the decor for the Columbus Blue Jackets. You yep. got him and Zach Rowinsky that I mean Zach Rowinsky, him and Seth Jones that yep. really lead that charge. Um, and I think it's I think it's a good deal. But the thing is with and I've been doing a lot of like research on it because I wanted to fully understand the logistics of it. The thing with three year deals is that you have three years under contract, and then you have a fourth uncontracted year. And basically, in the fourth uncontracted year, you are given a qualifying offer. So that's that qualifying offer is what you can take to stay with the team and sign a longer-term deal, or you can just take it and play one year under that under that contract, and then become a free agent. Either way, you're going to be a free agent after four years. So the yep. thing with the thing with um, the the important thing to remember about contracts that are three years, and we'll talk about this with Charlie McAvoy's as well, is that the actual salary dollars that he is going to be making in the third year, which is $7 million, he's making four in the first, four in the second, and then seven in the final year. The The thing with the qualifying offer is that his qualifying offer for that fourth year has to be a minimum of seven million dollars. He can't. They can't offer him anything lower than that. So, what you see with what you see with Mitch Marner's contract when it's a longer term a longer term contract is that they'll front load it and they'll put all of the money at the front of the deal because, and that's what the players want because as time goes on, the cap goes up, inflation goes up, the the amount of dollars that you are going to be getting has lesser and lesser value as time goes on. Uh, so you you want to front load it. The players want to front load it, so they get all their money now while it's at the highest value. And then, as they continue on and the value becomes lower and lower, they're not making as they're not losing as many dollars. But right. with the three year contracts, is that they they are guaranteed at least that seven million dollars. They're guaranteed that third year salary base salary for their fourth year if they if they were to take a qualifying offer for the team. So that's why teams like to short load the front of those contracts, and the, or like players want to short load the front of those contracts, and then. Then really put them up at the, in the back end. So um, I was I was poking around on, on cat friendly over the weekend uh, between things just trying to like understand everything and how that all works. I'm obviously not an expert on it and I don't claim to be an expert on it, but I do like to keep it you know a little a little sharp up in here in the brain. but um, <laughs> that's what I found out after that one. Uh, but let's talk about let's talk about Mitch Marner because I just mentioned him and finally the saga is over. And I was literally saying this to, I was literally saying this to my dad the other day. I was saying that like it, it was frustrating because, you know, you can't go five years because if you go five, he's gonna walk to free agency with Matthews and Nylander in the same year, and you can't go eight. Well, he doesn't want to go eight because, like I said before, the value of the dollar is going to continue to decrease, and you don't want to be locked up for that long. You want to make sure you hit another another UFA period. Then he doesn't want to do a bridge deal because he's not gonna be able to make the money that he wants to make because if he had a bridge deal, he would be asking for twelve to thirteen million dollars in that third year in base salary, so that would be his qualifying offer for the next contract, and that's that's just not that's just not feasible. But the way this contract breaks down, and I have it up here on I have it up here on Cat Friendly, who's I don't know how we would live without Cat Friendly. But so for this first year for 2019-20, his total salary is going to be sixteen million dollars, and then from there it goes down to fifteen million, then it goes to ten point three eight 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 for the rest. In the last two years, he has a no move clause, um, but his total AAV, like his cap hit, is ten point eight nine three. But the way it's split up is that he's got his total salary, and his, he's got a lot of um, signing bonuses as well. He's got about five fifteen point three million in signing bonuses this first year, fourteen point three next year. 9.6 the year after, 7.25, and then 7.25 for the last three years. So it's broken down like that. It's kind of complicated, but the Leafs do have a lot of wiggle room because of the placement of the two uh, the two longer-term players on injury reserve. You've got um, Horton and, I believe, uh, David Clarkson on there as well. So that, that frees up right around a t- little over $10 million in space, which is what allowed them to sign Mitch Marner to this deal. But a lot of – a lot of things were going around, there's, there's the side that's saying, and you've probably heard this at nauseum, but this is probably the last time we'll talk about it, thank God, but there's the one side of it that says, okay, this is his future, and this is his financial, you know, stability for his family, and for whatever he's going to be doing in the future, and so, and this is, like, his first big contract, and he deserves to, you know, get what he thinks he deserves, but there's the other side of it that is, like, Okay, well, don't you want to be a Toronto Maple Leaf? Don't you want to play in the NHL? Why would you want to drag this out for as long as you know Neilander did last year, which was just a pain in the ass to try and yeah. try and talk about and try and just sit with? Because it was like, okay, we want you to play hockey. Like at this point, it doesn't like it. It matters what you make, but also it doesn't matter what you make. I guess like you're going to be a millionaire either way. Um, but I, like the the whole saga with his agent Darren Ferris and saying we want Matthews money and. Why why aren't you talking about him being the captain and this and that and the other thing? There's just so much drama surrounding it that at the end of the day I was like, you know, he's a little overpaid. I'd have him in the nine and a half to ten and a half range. He's a wee bit overpaid for my liking. But he is a Toronto Maple Leaf at the end of the day for five more years, and we get him in his prime with Matthews' prime and Ny- nylander's prime, and we have Hyman and Dermott and Moore and Brocco and there's just so many guys that are that are locked up in this young core. Um, I'm pretty sure the, the the first person that is going to be a UFA is two years with Frederick Anderson. So they've they've got and you got Barry and Riley and Muzzin on the back end, and it seems pretty. They seem to be in a pretty good spot. They just got to get out of the first round again. But um, <laughs> the martyr saga is over, and I'm pretty happy about it.
1: Yeah, I um, it's kind of funny because it's one of those things where. He was, like, the only player I wanted to see get offer sheeted this year, and I was pretty sure it was going to happen, and then it didn't happen, and that was kind of anticlimactic, especially because, of all people, it was Sebastian Ajo that got offer sheeted. I don't know. This summer has been weird. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm, I'm pretty happy that he signed because I feel like now that he's signed, we can just move on. I feel like every time I looked at my Twitter feed or if I looked at The Athletic or the NHL site, it was like, new info about Mitch Marner maybe signing with the Maple Leafs. I'm like, oh, my God, just sign. It was one of those things that, like, I just don't follow the Maple Leafs that closely. I mean, I follow them pretty, I would say relatively closely because, obviously, like, you really like them and because I follow Steve Dangle. So I just get, like, I get, like, the byproducts of the news. And it's just one of those things where like, I just didn't care to see it all over the place all summer. Like we did. So I'm pretty happy that it's finally like tied up. And I don't think it's, I would agree that it's probably like just a hair too high, but I don't, I mean, I don't think it's astronomical. I don't think they overpaid him. um, Like a lot of people are saying, I don't think that he was like massively overpaid. Um, I figured he would make somewhere between like eight and 10 ish. So not that far off. So I don't know. I was, just happy to, although you know I was gonna say like to happy to stop seeing stuff, but now it's just like Mitch Marner is overpaid. I'm like, no,
0: yeah, no, that's and that's the conversation. I mean, it's gonna happen. You, that's you, like the new
1: conversation.
0: In, I mean, they play in Toronto. Toronto is probably the the toughest market to play in exactly, in terms yeah. of the NHL. So that's done. And then the last one I wanted to touch on here, um, as well as Charlie McAvoy's contract that did come out today, uh, that is. For for a guy that is that important, and last year he did miss a lot of time with an injury, but a guy when he's fully healthy, that guy is a stud on their back end. That that guy is going to be the next to Dano Chara. Like that guy, he he is their future of their blue line. And to get him at a deal that's four pla he got less than Wawenski, which I thought. I mean, I would see Charlie. I mean, I would see Charlie McAvoy in a six to seven range, and yep. like, and I get that he's only played a year in the NHL and he hasn't really proven himself for two years. Not two years, sorry, three years in the NHL, um, but just to see him get that deal, it, I, I, I saw it and I immediately was like, "This is a Nathan McKinnon contract. This is a contract that is yeah. so underpaid that, like, not so underpaid. Like, I wouldn't pay him, I wouldn't pay him less than four, but to pay him less than five, that's a little, you know. I thought that was a steal for Boston, and Boston keeps doing this. Don Sweeney is. Yeah. A miracle worker at signing players. Like if you look at that Bergeron contract, you look at the Marshawn contract, you look at there's there's a ton of contracts under the Boston Bruins right now that are that are are steals. Like David Krejci makes seven point two. Patrice Bergeron makes six point eight. Pasternak makes six point six. Even Pasta
1: too. Like it's it's unbelievable. Like and That's, I mean this is David this Krejci's is why... the highest
0: paid player at seven point two five.
1: What? And this is why. This is why. This is exactly why Don Sweeney won GM of the Year, and this is why he wins it a lot. Because, I just don't like. I just don't know how he does it. Like I have no idea. I saw this and I thought the number was wrong. Yeah. Like I thought somebody had the wrong number. Yeah. Because McAvoy, like you said, like I'd see him in the six-seven range because he's such a important piece of the younger core. They've got their older guys like Marchand and Bergeron and. Rask and Chara and those guys, but they also have that younger core. And, I like, I just... You're right. I mean, he's... I mean, he's... They're priming him to be the next Chara for this team. And he's, like, low-key proven it. I mean, he's a dependable defenseman that can also score goals. Um, I don't know. I, I saw that number, and I was just shocked. Like, right. absolutely shocked. So... Pretty, um pretty excited about that one too. As a low key Bruins fan, low key, like real low key. But you know, that's so. all right.
0: Well, there's still from the list of RFAs. If you go on CatFriendly.com, you can see I uh, have all the way on the right side um, on list are RFAs that are still not signed. Uh, these are the big names that are still left unsigned: Kyle Connor and Patrick Liney, the Winnipeg Jets. Matthew Kachuk of the Calgary Flames, Brock Besser in Vancouver, Miko Ranton in Colorado, Travis Konechny in Philadelphia, Brandon Carlo in Boston, and Braden Point in Tampa Bay. Probably uh, Braden Point and Patrick Liner are the two big ones that we're waiting for uh, to happen here. So those were, that's some of the signings that have happened. Finally, we got some news there. So let's move on to a couple of things happening in the Blackhawks world, uh, considering today was the training camp festival. We'll get to that at the end. But uh, after a. <laughs> Whirlwind of a week prior weekend uh, with, the, with the prospects tournament in Traverse City, Michigan. The final day, the Hawks, I'm pretty sure, were, were, were gunning for like seventh place or something or sixth place in the tournament. All within one game, Kirby Doc, Adam Boquist, Philip Kirshev, and Michael Hekarainen all sustained, they quoted, minor injuries during the final game. Uh, Doc hurt his shoulder, Boquist had a bruised chest. Kurashv had lower and upper body issues, and Hakanen lost teeth and was dizzy. Um, and, like I said, training camp opened on la- last Friday, uh, and it is run through run through. It's going to continue to run until the season starts. I mean, they do uh, practices and everything like that. But the preseason does start tomorrow for the Blackhawks, as we mentioned earlier. But today was training camp festival. Um, I was there with a good friend, Daniela. Shout out to Daniela um, and. Uh, What's-his-face? Doc wasn't playing. He's in concussion protocol currently. Kurashev was playing. I want to say he played today. I am not entirely sure. I went to practice on Saturday, and he was practicing, uh, so he was there. But Doc didn't play. Boquist did play. Boquist looked great, as he always does. Uh, and then hecker I did not see him out there, so I believe he did not play today. But uh, the I went to practice on Saturday, and that was the second day of training camp. Uh, training camp in general and practices. And so while there is still a lot to be figured out, there were a couple things that I noticed. Uh, Strom was playing really well with Kurashev. Kurashev has uh, got, got lots of wheels. He's got good hands. That was really fun to see. And then Alex Nylander was playing up with Jonathan Taves for majority of the time that they were playing together. Um, so that was, that was interesting. And he also played on a line with him today at training camp festival. And, uh, the other one that I kind of noticed was Alex Dobrinkit, and Alex Dobrinkit looks, right now he looks like he's in midseason form. He is really strong on the puck. He made a lot of plays on Saturday and today where he was defending the puck in his own zone really, really well, holding off big bodies, because a lot of our prospects are big bodies. So that was really uh, really encouraging to see. Obviously, Andrew Shaw is back. Andrew Shaw got a really warm welcome at the United Center. Chris Versteeg did too. He scored a goal today for the prospects tournament, which was really fun. Uh, and they got they got a lot of cheers but the big players played the two periods and then they they let the rookies and the prospects handle the the third and the o- overtime but another thing i wanted to mention is the scoreboard the scoreboard is when they say it's the biggest in any nhl and nba affiliated arena it is huge i want to say so the old the old scoreboard that has been there since the united center opened in the 90s late 90s was probably if you want to say the width, or like the length of set, like the, the center face-off circle with the with the Indian Head logo on it. This yeah, I feel one, like that's fair. This one has is expanded past both blue lines. Like it is triple the size. It is beautiful. I was going to say the graphics are are incredible. the The picture is incredible. There's a lot more angles for fans to be able to see things. The goals, the goal horn is still the same. The the Chelsea Dagger is still the same, but uh, they the, the quality of it was was phenomenal. And um, I got on the jumbotron uh, during the third period, and because we were sitting right next to where the Zamboni goes in and out, and they put me up there. And I had a friend that actually sent me a message on Twitter and was like, "Hey, I just saw you on the board. You looked great." And I was like, "Thanks. That quality makes me look real good." So. That's, that's really exciting for this upcoming season. Like a lot of fans were really talking about it around us and like watch it. Like it's, it's beautiful.
1: I guess that just means that I'm going to have to go up to Chicago so I can see it in person. Cause you know, pictures don't really, right. Pictures. I, I can't imagine that pictures really do it justice. So I'll have to go mm-hmm. up and just, you know, double check and make sure that it's up to standard. So I'll just have to, you know, make the way, you know, casually, make your trip up you here. know, go up to Chicago and see a game, just make sure that I really get the full experience. Yeah.
0: And the thing the thing is too is that everyone was talking about it but like I've been this past year over spring break we went to Vegas and we went to Arizona too and Arizona just got a new scoreboard from I think like two seasons ago but Vegas is obviously new and I I went to Vegas and at the at the time Vegas was the biggest one I'd ever seen Vegas is, I'd, it's very similar in size to the one the Blackhawks just put in, it's a little smaller, obviously, because the Blackhawks is is the biggest one. But I remember, like during the game, they we, we sat up in the nosebleeds for the game. But like like at a Blackhawks game, you can go down to the glass and stand there for warm ups. And so you're standing there, and for the fans that sit in the lower sections that are like close to the ice and they don't want to crane their neck up to see the to see the screen, they have big flat screen TVs inside the 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 um, scoreboard. So they have the scoreboard that comes down, and they got it all the way around. And then on the inside, there's like an angled like view, and it's and it's TV screens all inside the inside of it. So when you're sitting in the lower bowl, you can just kind of look up a little bit. You don't have to crane your neck up to see the. And I thought that was really interesting. And the Blackhawks look like they have something similar, but they didn't use it today. Um, they also didn't use the drop down screens that they showed in the promo, like animated video when they announced the new scoreboard. So we'll see if they do that during the season, but it, it looked really great. It looked really great. So
1: I'm really excited about it. It's, it's funny because the Blackhawks announced they were doing that like earlier this summer. And like, I think less than a week later, the hurricanes announced they were doing the same thing. Um, obviously the hurricanes isn't that big. Um, PNC is also a lot smaller than the United center. I believe it feels a lot smaller. Um, PNC, I think is more, um, It's more condensed. They probably fit about the same amount of people, but PNC is very steep, whereas the United Center is very... I don't want to say it's flat. but It goes out more. Yeah, it's not as steep as PNC is, so obviously they weren't going to be able to get in as big of a... um, As big of a... Screen. Jumbotron screen thing. Um, But I've heard the Hurricanes one looks pretty good, too, so I'll at least get a taste of... A new scoreboard, just maybe not the Chicago one right away, but I do plan on on making it up to see that because everybody was taking pictures of it today, and I just really want to see it in person. Like, that sounds like a stupid thing to want to see in person, but I want to see it in person. Well, no, As, like,
0: I was, I was but, giddy about it because last night on Saturday, my mom and I went to see Thomas Rhett at the United Center, and I realized on the way down there, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is my first time at the United Center since the last <laughs> – Hawks home game last season. I'm going to see yeah. the new scoreboard, and they had it up in the in the ceiling because obviously with all the lights and everything for the for the show. But right, like I walked the, in yeah. and I I still got to see it. But the thing I noticed too as well is because it is so big, there are significantly more like really really big support beams that run across the ceiling of the United Center, and it doesn't yeah, like yeah. obviously doesn't change like a view or anything. Like it's just there to support it. But I did notice that that I was like, oh, this thing is this thing was way. Obviously, it must weigh a ton because these support beams are like huge huge yeah yeah,
1: yeah i don't I don't think the last time I was at p n c was for the Jonas Brothers concert earlier in August, but I don't think they had put up this i don't think they'd put it up yet mm-hmm. if they did, it was up in the like it was it was up like you couldn't see it, but I don't think they had. I don't think they had put it in yet. Cause I, I feel like I remember them putting it in like a week after that. It's not like it, I mean, this I was going to say, it's not like it takes that long to do it. It takes a lot of effort. I'm sure. Um, but it's not like it would it's not something that would take all summer for them to do. Right. Especially because I think the hurricanes, I don't think the hurricanes one is smaller. Um, I still think it's like a pretty big upgrade from the one they had, which was very small. Um, like, hard to see in the third level small. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I love all these new scoreboards. I think it's fantastic. I think, especially in hockey where if you're sitting far away from the ice, there are times where, or even if you're sitting, like, in a certain corner of the glass, there are certain times where you can't quite see what's happening, so it's nice to have the scoreboard where, like, where you can see, like, the camera, tracking the puck so you can kind of see what's going on so obviously with a bigger screen that helps you see better and as somebody who wears glasses i very much appreciate that arenas are putting in bigger bigger screens so that i can really see what's happening
0: well and it is the 25th anniversary of the united center being built so uh what a way to celebrate then get a new jumbotron so that's what's happening with the blackhawks uh don't forget tomorrow night First preseason game versus the Capitals. For those of you that are in the Chicagoland area, it's on NBC Sports Chicago Plus. And then if you're in the Washington area, it's on NBC Sports Washington. Um, obviously, you can watch everything on NHL Network if you have if you an NHL app if you have the NHL TV package. But um, also are just, preseason
1: games included in that though. I believe so. I've, I feel like last year I couldn't watch them, but I can't remember. So maybe really? I'll. Well, it's, yeah. my year, it's my first
0: year. my first year having mo. I mean, it's my first year having NHL TV, and I just got the giant package that, like, includes everything. So I didn't really yeah. read, like, what
1: I just let my subscription renew. I was like, whatever. Um, I feel like I couldn't watch preseason games last year. I feel like I streamed them. Oh, okay. But I can't, I can't remember. Maybe they're, I don't know, maybe I did watch them pre- I can't remember. Well, we'll find out for you guys. I I feel like you can't, but maybe they've,
0: they may yeah. have also
1: changed it for this year. Yeah, but. Uh, I feel I, like every year they keep updating it.
0: Um, but also as a reminder, every game this season, if you live in the Chicagoland area, which I'm assuming a lot of you do, um, all of the games for the Chicago Blackhawks this season will be on NBC Sports Chicago, either NBC Sports Chicago or NBC Sports Chicago plus there will be no more WGN games, which makes me very sad because also there, I think there's only four, maybe four or five broadcasts left for, um, the Cubs on WGN, and they have been on WGN for 72 years. So the Cubs are making are having their own uh, sports network coming out next year. It's just called Marquee Sports Network, and it is going to be just strictly Cubs. You have to pay for it. Uh, it's a package. A lot of people are very pissed off about it. Um, but it's 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 like an ending of an era for WGN because WGN is a national is a national channel and all over the country, and that's why the Cubs have such a following from people in Arizona and people in Washington people in Iowa people in Florida because you can turn on WGN and watch the Cubs and um it wasn't just based in Chicago market so that um I I saw that the other day and there's only like four or five broadcasts left after being on WGN for 72 years so that's a little nostalgic for me but uh let's move on to a couple things happening around the NHL we've got a couple. couple news and notes, as usual, to talk about here. Um, Another thing about Montreal in the news, Montreal GM Mark Bergevin, again, uh, confirms that the 40-year-old Andre Markov will not return to the NHL. After playing the last two seasons in the KHL, there were some rumblings that he was going to try and make a comeback. Uh, His last NHL season was 2016-17, where he played in 62 games, had six goals, 30 assists for 36 points. And the last two years, from 2017 to 2019, he was playing in the KHL for Akbar's Kazan, He had 104 games, seven goals, and 40 points for 47 points. So you can see why he is not going to be making a return to the NHL. Um... Some more fun, fun news. I saw this news and started crying literally in front of the kids that babysit and they were very concerned. Uh, TJ and Lauren Oshie announced that they are expecting a baby boy in March of 2020. They have two baby girls right now, Layla and Lenny. I love their family so much. I follow like literally everything that they do. Um, They did a slap shot gender reveal at the Caps practice facility. So that was really fun. I'll link it below if you want to watch the video of Oshie taking his signature slap shot to blue puffs of paint coming out on the ice and all of them freaking out and confetti and all that stuff. So congratulations to them. Uh, Evgeny Malkin opens up about his mental health, his future, everything like that on The Athletic. He did a, a beautiful piece, um, really shed some light. Obviously, Gino has not been someone that really shows too much emotion throughout his NHL career. He's a very just stoic kind of guy, whether that is there's a language barrier there with Russian or if it's just he, it's just personality and he doesn't want to express himself very much. Um, that is a beautiful article that I, I was getting a little teared up on. I love, I love Virginia Malkin. So I'll, we'll link that below if you're an athletic subscriber. Uh, Bruce Cassidy signs a multi-year contract to remain the head coach of the Boston Bruins. The years or the financial terms weren't released, which I was like multi-year. What does that mean? Anyway, that's <laughs> how just, many years, <laughs> how many, um, bigger, bigger piece of news here. Logan could share last week was named the new captain of the San Jose Sharks after Joe Pavelski signed as a free agent with the Dallas stars. Uh, Brent Burns, Tomasz Hurdle, Eric Carlson, and Joe Thornton were all named alternate captains. Last season, Logan Couture played in 81 games, had 27 goals, 43 points, and 70 assists, and he was a stud in the playoffs, if any of you watched the playoffs. Uh, and in his career with the San Jose Sharks over the last nine years, he's played in 663 games, has 240 goals, 267 assists, for 507 points. So congratulations to Logan Couture. We both... Really like him. We'll get. We'll come back to these news. Don't worry. Um, I'm just running through them all, and then we can talk about them. Uh, I read this one on Thursday last week, and I also started tearing up. Shea Theodore is one of my favorite players. Uh, he was uh, Shea Theodore uh, uh, opened up in a article with the Players Tribune, which I love. The Players Tribune. I was going to say
1: I get the I get the emails from them every morning. I or I guess it's every couple mornings, whatever. But I love those articles. They are fantastic. Um, it was a very great, it, the, the whole idea and everything was started
0: by Derek Cheater, who obviously was a former New York Yankee, uh, probably one of the best New York Yankees of all time, and he basically wanted a platform for, for athletes and people to be able to come on and talk about things from their point of view. Uh, he had testicular cancer this past summer after testing, failing a drug test at Worlds for Team Canada. Uh, this, this past spring, he, he just got randomly drug tested. He failed the drug test. It was HCG, I believe, was the hormone that he had just an excessive amount of, and usually it's found in uh, usually it's found in pregnant women at really high levels like that. Um, but it also could be a sign of t- testicular cancer, uh, which he did have, and he failed the drug test. But if he didn't, if he, he 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 made this clear in the article. He's like, if I didn't go and play for World, like I almost didn't do. It. If I didn't take that drug test, if I didn't get on a plane to Slovakia, like. Like, who would have, like, because the symptoms don't occur. Like, he didn't have any symptoms, but they caught it early enough. He went in, had surgery, everything is good. He's he's, going, he's playing with the Vegas Golden Knights this season, but he opened up about it and, and the whole process behind it and everything like that, so we'll also link that below. Um, and then just over this past weekend, Dustin Bufflin was granted a leave of absence from the Winnipeg Jets. He will miss the start of their training camp uh, due to a personal issue. The head coach, Paul Maurice, said that it wasn't anything that was, like, malicious or, like, really bad. So, hopefully everything is okay on his front. Uh, yesterday, Patrick Laine will be heading to SC Bern, which is the former play, the former playing home of Nico Hichir in Switzerland, while he waits to sign a contract. He is a restricted free agent, as we mentioned before. And Evgeny Skuznetsov has been suspended three games by the NHL, um, which I said they weren't going to suspend him, and basically a three-game suspension is nothing. So, if we want to start there, we can start there and chat about that. I, I,
1: it's funny because... I, for some reason, I was like so sure that they were going to spend him for that. I guess I, I mean, I've said this multiple times, but I don't know the ins and outs of like the business side of the NHL. I just watch hockey because I like watching hockey. If I learn business stuff along the way and rule like legit rules outside of what they do on the ice. Cool. But I guess I didn't know. I think we talked about this when the news came out that he had even done this um, a couple weeks ago. Um, I didn't know that you couldn't, it's not that you couldn't, it's just typically the NHL doesn't, um, like there's not really a rule saying that there's, you can't use that drug specifically, um, and get suspended for it, something along that line. Um, but I, so I was kind of surprised after we had had that conversation that he was suspended and I don't know why my first instinct is to laugh at this. I, like, I have no idea why that's my first instinct, um, I think maybe it's because three games, like you said, it's literally nothing. Like, that's... Just a little, little tap on the wrist. Yeah, it's like, don't hey, do that again. you did a bad thing. Yeah, let's let's not do that did again. Did you learn?
0: Did you learn from this? Okay, great. Go ahead and go play.
1: Cool, great. Go but sit like, in your corner for three days, and then let's go. Well, I don't think either...
0: Like, I don't think it's... Um, Two, I don't think it's something that's, like... It, it should be, like, a super long suspension. And I think a lot of people right. are missing the point of, like... I would rather him, like, I don't want to see him get suspended because it's like, oh, you did cocaine, that's a bad thing to do. I would much rather see him get the help that he needs, get the support that he needs from his teammates, which the Capitals have pledged their support behind him and saying, you know, we're going to support him through this. But I would much rather see publicly, publicly, like, the NHL saying, okay, yeah, like, I feel like the suspension just kind of puts the NHL in a really negative light of just saying, like, oh, you did a bad thing, we need to suspend you for it, and rather than, like hey, you did this thing, whether it was a mistake or not, or whether you did it on purpose or not, we want to make sure you get some help. And, like, we want to make sure that you we get you back on the right track so you can play hockey, you can be the best, like, teammate and father and, and son and everything and husband that you can be for the people that are around you that need you. Because I feel like, the, like, obviously that could be happening behind, behind closed doors. We don't know everything that goes right. on, like you said. But it's just in a public light for them to be like, bad, you get a suspension. Like, it's just kind of it like also, the, I don't think that's the direction you want to take this. I
1: also just... It, it's kind of along the same lines. I just, the NHL just seems to suspend things for weird reasons. Like I, the thing that I keep coming back to and that I have been coming back to, and I can't think of the guy's name right now, which is really going to make me upset. But that guy who played for the Kings, who abused his wife, who gets to somehow could maybe sign with a team halfway through the season this year, oh, which is ridiculous. Oh. I cannot think for the life of me think of his name right now um i'll look it up it's not important i'll look it up
0: because i know i know who you're talking about and that'll bother me too i know exactly who you're talking about
1: like like come on like you need he needs to not play in the nhl ever again i'm sorry that is something that you have completely messed up you did that completely intentionally whereas like you look at the kuznetsov thing like you're right like you could have I'm not saying you can, like, do that by accident, but he could have just not been in the right mind space. He could have Slava Slava Voinov. Yes, that guy. Yeah. Should not play in the NHL. And if a team signs him, I am going to riot because that's ridiculous. I don't think a team will sign him, but, you know, it's the NHL. I've seen worse and weirder things. Um, But, like, the, the NHL just doesn't understand... They don't, they don't know what they want to police and that drives me insane because it feels like they're policing really the small things. things. <laughs> yeah. Like, they don't have a domestic violence policy. They don't. Which is also ridiculous. I feel like they should have these policies. Like, who do I need to talk to, to them, for them to do this? Like, in any work environment, like a normal nine-to-five desk job, they have policies like this. I don't understand why the NHL wouldn't. Not that really, like, any... I mean, you look at MLB, you look at NBA, you look at the NFL. Like, I don't think any of them really have, like, super, very strict rules about this stuff. And I just feel like maybe... There are more important especially... things to deal with. Exactly. And and especially... Not that this isn't important,
0: but it's a different no. section, you know?
1: Yeah. I just think, like, especially in a world with so... Like, you can basically know what somebody's doing at any time if you go on Twitter. I'm being dead serious. And, like, I just feel like, especially in a world like that where we, everybody lives online and knows what everybody else is doing all the time, like, it's so much harder. So when this stuff comes out, like, it it comes out usually from the wrong source, number one. But number two, like, when it comes out, like, I don't know where I'm going with this, but like, you get what I'm saying, right? right like it's right. Just, with social, with social media, it's so much easier for this stuff to get out. That's where I was going with this. It's so much easier for this stuff to go out. And I just feel like because of that, I guarantee you, this is not the last time some guy's going to get caught doing some sort of drug that is illegal. I guarantee you. Well, it happens, happens. all the time and yeah. nobody gets caught. Yeah.
0: So like I, I in all sports you, in all sports, not even just yeah, hockey and the NFL the and MLB, like it
1: happens all the time. I just feel like the NHL just needs to maybe take another look at their like
0: prioritize policy. what yeah. is like important to address because like obviously you you do want to address this kind of situation. Like cocaine is not something you should be messing around with, and it's oh. very dangerous. And like you don't want your you don't know, want your league to be kind of, like, plastered with that. But also, exactly, you need to also take into account, okay, if we're going to take this seriously, we also need to take things like domestic violence and, and all these other issues that do like occur. alcohol
1: issues as well. like
0: Also seriously. Just, just as like, serious. And
1: mental health even. Just general mental health. Like, I just wish, not saying that they, like, would suspend somebody for that. But, like, I just wish the NHL had a little bit more... In other sports as well, but the NHL especially, because that's the sport we follow, obviously. Um, I just wish they had a little bit more, like... There's a word, and I can't think of it. But I wish they would just show a little bit more... Passion compassion. about it? Yeah. yeah, I guess compassion's the right word. Like... I mean, more, more, than, like more than Bell Let's Talk. How do exactly. it that way? Like, like, like all season, players, all months of the season. This sounds really bad, but, like, like... Oh, <laughs> I really do think that it's going to take something absolutely drastic to happen for them to do anything. And it
0: has. There have been players that have committed suicide or players that have died early because of CTE, which also happened, uh, came out this week. I forgot to mention it during the Blackhawks uh, oh, segment. Yeah. Stan Makita, they did an, uh, uh, a total study of his brain and he had stage three CTE. But the NHL has, then like its affiliates have, have always said, okay, no, that there's no correlation there, which that's something that, like, it, you, you can't just, and this is what Dan Carcillo fights for every single day, is like you can't just put it on the back burner. These are things that are arising, and they might have not been an issue 10, 15, 20 years ago, but they're an issue now, and they're things that impact players now and are going to impact your players in the future when they're done playing and when they have kids that play and everything. And it's, it's a whole circle. Literally, it's the Lion King. It's the circle of life. Everything connects in the end. <laughs> I
1: just feel like I just wish the NHL would care more about its players. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and that's that's the most. That's frustrating That's literally what thing. it boils down to. Yeah, yeah. So, um, is there anything else in there you wanted to talk about? Did you want to talk about Logan Couture?
1: Only for a hot second, because yeah. when I saw this, I was absolutely shocked. Again, I think I talked about this last week, but my my coworkers are like, "What are you smiling about?" I was so excited about this. Logan Couture is one of my favorite players. I think he is so underrated. I love the Sharks. I think I've mentioned this. I know I've mentioned this before, that I really love the Sharks. Right. Um, But, oh, my God, I was so surprised because I I figured they would name a captain. They just seem like the type of team. I don't know how to word this to not sound mean. But like move on quickly, like yeah. I—that sounds really bad, and I don't mean it in a bad way. I think they're just one of those teams, like, all right, we need another captain. Let's just. You well, know. they're looking. They're always looking to take the next step. You can put exactly. it that way. that's a good way to put it to make it not sound bad, because <laughs> um, I don't mean it in More a bad motivational. way. motivational. Like, yeah, like I don't mean it in a bad way. Like they just are. They're just moving on with things instead of just, like... Well, don't oh, no. dwell on it. They're not dwelling on yeah. it. They're like, oh, man, we yeah. lost
0: our captain. We lost our franchise player. It, it, it sucks, but, like, hey, we got we got another season. We got to move on.
1: Focus exactly. on us. Yeah. But I guess I just assumed that they would name, like, Brent Burns or, like, Carlson. I I figured maybe, like, one of them. Um, I didn't think it was going to be Joe Thornton only because he signed, like, a one-year deal and he just signed, like, a week or two ago. Um I didn't think it was gonna be him. I was really I was actually really sure it was gonna be Brent Burns. Like I was like ninety really? percent sure. I was like, Yeah, Burns he's got this. And I knew it was
0: gonna be It sure. didn't
1: happen. But I'm he's so the excited next for stud, him. though. Like he is and I'm so excited because well, he he's on my fantasy son. team this year. I think he was on my fantasy team last year as well. I had to pick the same guys, but I I'm pretty sure he was on my team last year too. Um man, I just love him so much. And I really do. Like, I genuinely think he's an underrated player. So it'll be interesting to see how he fares as a captain. I think all five of those guys are pretty good, um, pretty good leaders. And I think the Sharks are like a weird team where they have a bunch of vet guys, but they also have like a ton of younger guys. Yeah. So I think Logan Couture is like a healthy mix of like vet guys, but also he's still pretty young. Right. I agree. Very excited very, very, very excited about those. Okay. Let's talk about, since you just brought that up,
0: let's talk about fantasy really quick, because I just wanted to talk about our teams. Like we can just say the players that we drafted, because, uh, if you do not know Megan, uh, Megan, I, her sister, Olivia, and my other friend, Daniela are all in a fantasy league on ESPN. Uh, we play against each other. It's all that good stuff, but we just had our draft last Monday and uh, I just wanted to like we could just run through who we got. So I'll yep. just I I don't know how I got some of these players, but I might I be making some of mine either. <laughs> I might be making some moves here in in a, in a hot minute. But um, with the first overall pick, I selected Jonathan Taves uh, for my forward group. I've got Taves, Mark Stone, Nikita Kucherov, Nathan McKinnon, Matt Barzel, John Tavares, Jonathan Marchessault, Claude Giroux, and Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, for my defensemen, I've got John Klingberg, Morgan Riley, Jared Spurgeon, Colin Miller, Shay Theodore. Uh, and then I've got on the bench and utility players. I've got Dylan Larkin, uh, Taylor Hall, Thomas Shabbat, Oliver ekman Larson, and none other than Jack Hughes. And my goalies are Carey Price, Marc-Andre Fleury, and Carter Hart. So um, I'm pretty happy with my team. I literally cannot believe I have McKinnon, Kucherov, and like and and Tavares on the same team. What?
1: What? Yeah, like, I, I, I can't. It's some of mine, too. I I'm drafted like...
0: McKinnon in, like, the sixth round.
1: I was like, who did not? And Kucherov in, like, the seventh. I was like, who it's is not picking he... these guys up? I when you drafted McKinnon, he was literally next in my like queue of guys. Um, Someone so did like, take oh, McDavid it. until uh, like
0: whoever took McDavid didn't take them until like four or five. It's me. I have McDavid. I was like, "What? Why?" I wanted to take him, and I was like, "Well, I'm going to take him." <laughs> well, I, I I, the only reason I didn't take him is because he still has that knee thing, and they haven't really like said for sure if he's going to be playing. Like they said he'll. I think you know the way the end that of I see season.
1: it. The way that I see it is that even if he's out for like the first 10, 20, whatever games, he'll make it up. It doesn't even matter. He'll still be like the top scoring. It's I don't even care. Right. Um, but, yeah, I was, I was pretty excited about my team. I feel like my team is like somewhat solid. Okay, run through your list. So my first overall pick was Patrick Kane, obviously. Well, I wasn't first overall. I was fourth overall, but it doesn't matter. That was my first pick. Yeah. I, I had to have Patrick Kane on my team. He was on my team last year, too. Um. I'm telling you, most of these guys were on my team last year. Um, so I picked Patrick Kane, Tyler Sagan, um, Alex Dobrynkic, Brock Besser, David Pasternak, Connor McDavid, Elias no. Petterson, Logan Couture, um, Leon Draisaitl, and then my D-Core, uh, Duncan Keith, Miro Heiskinen, Brent Burns, Calvin DeHaan. I have a lot of Blackhawks, too. Um, <laughs> P.K. Subban, Michael Kempney. Um, and then my uh, he's my utility guy. But then my bench is Patrice Bergeron, Brett Pesce, Gabe Landeskog, Keith, Keith Yandel. Keith Yandel. And then I got uh, Peter Mrazek, uh, Andre Vasilevsky, and Robin Lehner as my goalies. Very exciting. I'm very. It's a very good time. Ex- it's, yeah, it's a I'm good time. We really having a good time. I literally picked half the Blackhawks roster. I, you know, I'm really taking a gamble there because. I don't think anybody knows what they're going to do this season. So I'm so. like, all right, you know what? We're just going to bank on them being good. I almost picked Dylan Strom, too. And I was like, no, I need to pick somebody who's not on the
0: <laughs> I Literally, I was looking. Jonathan Tays is the only Black Hawk that I have.
1: You know, I'm the worst. I think as the season goes on, I'll probably switch out some of my Blackhawks players. I think that's what I did last year, too. I feel like I remember drafting a lot of Hawks early on, and then I changed really quickly. Um, but, yeah, I... That's a Hawks player, so we'll see. I, The goalie, I feel like the goalie pool was kind of tricky this year. Like, I wasn't sure really who to, who I to knew, take. Okay, I knew Price. I wanted Price and Flurry for yeah. sure. And then, like, the third goalie, I was just like,
0: who's good? And then I was like, I know, Carter was Hart thinking. was still left. And I was like, Carter Hart, you're my third goalie.
1: Yeah, I know. And I, well, and I thought about taking Carter Hart, and I was like, I don't know. And I figured Vasilevsky was a semi-safe choice. Almost took Ben Bishop. I think somebody else might have taken Ben Bishop. Yeah. Um, And then... then I know Daniela got
0: Anderson, and I was going to take Anderson, and I was like...
1: Olivia was, too. Olivia wanted Anderson. Um, Olivia's like, I want Pecorine. I'm like, no, you don't. Don't pick Pecorine. Please don't pick Pecorine.
0: You don't want Pecorine. (laughs) Please don't. He's old. Please don't pick him. Wait, this Uh, is a total side note. Hold on, before I forget. This guy behind us at training camp festival today was saying names... It's just, just Daniela and I would just look at each other and be like, do you, do we watch the same sport? He said, oh, no. uh, Dylan Strom. And then he said, Alex Nylander, which I literally like cringed. I was like, Oh my yeah, God. That's
1: not right. And then
0: he said, Pekka Rine.
1: Ooh, no, nope, nope, That's a hard pass. And you like, said, well, you I'm, said that. I'm, and I was like, I just was triggered for a second. To, I'll be the first to say that I don't pronounce names well. I am one of those people who will look up like how to pronounce so-and-so. I do it all the time. I do it when I'm at work, when I have to call people. I literally look up people, like how to pronounce names. Right. I don't want to disrespect somebody and call their, like, say their name wrong. Um, not that It's not like disrespectful necessarily, but I want to be respectful right. that way right. um, and try to say their name as accurately as possible. But, hey, oh I my know that God. struggle. I, my name has been
0: said wrong my entire life.
1: So it's nice so that people that, like, take the time to be like, how yeah. do you
0: pronounce your name? I'm like, thank you for asking. <laughs> it's <Surprisingly>, Shailen.
1: <laughs> people pronounce my last name wrong all the time. I still don't really understand that one. I thought I had I can't tell you how for,
0: like, ten years.
1: Yeah, you thought
0: I... <laughs> I might as well be related to Wayne. Well, that's um. I always thought that in my head. I was like, wow, okay, I'm going to remember her last name forever now because it's the same as Wayne Simmons. No, it's not.
1: It's really close, but people always call, like, people always say my last name is Simons, and I'm like, no, there are two M's. Two. Yeah. And I, yeah, I just never corrected you on the, like, last name thing. I was like, whatever, it's fine. It's, you, you've got the gist. You got all the letters and an extra right. one. What's the harm? But people spell my name more often than they mispronounce my name. Like, right. I feel like Megan spelled 18,000 different ways, and my parents had to pick, like, one of the weird ones. Yeah. So. <laughs>
0: One of the weird spellings. (laughs) I love
1: you parents, but you picked one of the weird ones. I think it's like one of the more Irish spellings because my name is like a very Irish name. Um, But yeah, it's, oh man. So I just, oh, I think I was telling you the Maple Leaf the time my sister and I went to Maple Leafs game last year and the girl sitting next to us, plus her heart, she was cheering for the Maple Leafs, but she was pronouncing every single one of their names wrong. And I was like, oh, honey. Oh, boy. Oh, God. She called him Ast- Austin Matthew. Like, there wasn't an S. And I'm like, girl. That ain't it, chief. That ain't it. And then there's another really funny one, and now I can't think of what it was. But yeah. she wasn't pronouncing any of the Canes players' names right either. And I was like, I want to correct you, but I also feel bad because you might just be getting into the sport. Like, I don't want to be mean, you know? Right, right, yeah. And also, like, I don't know her, so I wasn't going to say anything. But, oh, Sorry. man, people mispronounce names, like... Like confidently, I'm like, oh, Ooh, baby,
0: no, it's like that Dylan Strom kid. I'm like, oh, but no, that
1: is not his last name. <laughs> Where if there wasn't an E there, yeah, maybe, right? But there's an E there, yeah. So that's uh, <laughs> that the after that tangent,
0: that's. That's our fantasy talk. We're gonna, I'm going to implement, like, a little segment into every podcast now that we start getting into it and talk about, like, our results and everything of each week. Well, I was so. say, because
1: we're doing the league a little bit differently this year than we were last year. Mm-hmm. Last year, we just did, like, by points. So yeah. you would get points for a power play goal. You get points for a regular goal and assists and penalty minutes, whatever. Mm-hmm. And whoever had the most points in each category was the top person. But this year, it's more like a fantasy football league where – we're like head pitted against head. each other week yeah. to week. So that's kind of exciting, especially because my first matchup is against my sister.
0: Oh, I know. I was talking sure. to Danielle about that today. I was like, "Hey, man, I put you in fantasy first week." She's like, "Are you serious?" I was like, "Yeah." She's like, "You're going down." It's like, all right. jeez."
1: Yeah, literally it's oh, man. Yeah. Olivia, so. I think Olivia won our fantasy league last year. Yeah. So, I don't know. I want to beat her. I want to beat her really bad. Let's, I need to win.
0: Let's do some power plays. Um, Megan, wow, by by the skin of her teeth and the grace of God, someone's up there. She has a power play this week, folks. Sure do. Just give it 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 up for Megan. It came
1: to me like two seconds before we started recording. I was like, yeah, we'll talk about this. It's not really like fully related to hockey, but I'm going to make it fully related to hockey.
0: Okay. I like the sound of that. You know, you work with what you're given. All right. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. And go.
1: Okay. So... For those of you who follow baseball, you probably have heard of Christian Yelich. He's my favorite player. He plays for the Brewers. It's a thing. So earlier this week, he was... I don't even know what he was doing. I just thought... I was, like, going to bed, and I didn't even see the play. Um, but he... I think he took a ball to his knee, and they thought he broke his kneecap initially, but I think he ended up just fracturing it, and he may be back by the end of the season, which fingers crossed. I don't think he will be, but fingers crossed. Anyways... I went onto Twitter just to, like, get more information on it. And let me tell you, I never want to see people reply to tweets ever again. (laughs) People should be banned from Twitter because there were so many people from all different fandoms. I saw Cardinals ones. I saw Cubs people. I saw Yankees people. I'm like, you don't even go here. And then I saw other just general baseball fans. I saw so many people being like wow lucky for us so glad he got hurt like everything's in that vein and i'm like i'm sitting here like trying to figure out why somebody would wish for another player to get hurt and my first thought was if somebody got hurt on the blues i would not cheer for that ever i hate the blues with everything in me i if they disappeared it'd be totally fine But I don't want any of them to get hurt. I would never wish that on them. And if they did get hurt, especially playing against my team, I would not be happy about it. I would not cheer for it. That said, I just don't understand why people do this. Like, I feel like it is so, first of all, it's rude. It's disrespectful. And you look like a freaking scumbag if you sit here and hope for somebody else to get hurt while you're sitting, like, probably on your couch watching the game. Like, you're not, like, it just made me so mad. And I related it to hockey for, like, a second. But, like, I've seen it in hockey, too. I have. And I just feel like it is so ridiculous that people think that it's okay to wish pain and injury on players who play for teams that you don't want to play against or players that rip your team to shreds. Like, just don't be a jerk. Just that's, it's that freaking simple. Like, I don't know, like if I have to start moderating Twitter or something, but something has got to happen because this is, it's, it's just ridiculous. Like, I just, I can't handle it. I really can't.
0: No. Yeah. And
1: And like, I,
0: I saw a lot of people doing that too. And like, there's a difference as well between like looking at it from like a fan perspective, like, and not placing a name with, the person that got hurt, like, you could just, like, I feel like a lot of people, too, were also in the sense of, like, oh, yeah, like, this guy's star player is gone, and, like, they're, like, and and he got hurt, and, like, they are right behind us. Like, for the Cubs, like, in the Cubs standpoint, a lot of people on Cubs Twitter were, like, oh, thank God Yelich is gone, blah, 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 blah. But, like, a lot of people were also just, like, in a baseball sense the Brewers as a whole are tied with us for the second place. And like, if they don't have one of their best players, like we don't have one of our best players, Anthony Rizzo got hurt today. Like then, then our chances are, are, are sunk kind of thing. And like, I was like, you need to differentiate between like wishing pain upon a person. And then also just looking at it from like a standings perspective and be like, okay, this is where this team as a whole is at. And like, that's what I saw a lot of too. And it's just like baseball Twitter is just like, the things that I saw about Yelich Like, people have been joking, because, like, like, the way the Brewers, I guess the way the Brewers handled it, like, obviously you take a a situation like this very, very seriously, but I guess they took it, like, just very, like, to the point of just, like, we will always remember him, and people are like, did Yelich die? Did he die? Like,
1: It is kind of funny, because, it's funny that you mention that, because... My mom told me like the next game, like, I guess like Ryan Braun wore Christian Yelich's jersey under his jersey. I'm like, Ryan, come on. (laughs) Like, he didn't die. Like, well, that's uh, people are taking it to that point that someone said, um, someone said, like, I'm surprised they haven't had like a candlelit vigil for. I think (laughs) so. As a Brewers fan, I think a big chunk of it is that we, at least recently, at least since I've watched the Brewers. Have not had an MVP player like Christian Yelich. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, I I know there were guys when my mom was younger and you know before I was born, but in my lifetime, I have not seen a star player like that. Like, right. I guess you could maybe put Ryan Braun there, but I wouldn't classify him as like a superstar. Um, no offense to Ryan Braun, I love him to pieces, but he's not. Um, I just think. I think a lot of it is that Brewer's fans as a whole just don't know what to do with it. Like, he's, like, he's, like, our hope, and then he's just gone, and it's, like, okay. It kind of felt like... um, Like, it feels like he just,
0: like, disappeared, and everyone was just, like, did he die? Where did he go? Like, he's still alive. He's still with the team.
1: Well, and it's funny, too, because my mom told me... Like, it's not... Okay, let me back up. It's not funny. I just thought it was interesting. Like, even when... My mom had told me, I guess, like, when they got back to the hotel that night, like, Christian Yelich was very upset about it, uh-huh. which, like, that's fair. I mean, it sucks because I think initially, too, before he got the MRIs and stuff done, they thought he was done for the season and potentially into next season right. because they thought he broke his kneecap. And, and you can't really do anything for that except, like, surgery. Right. And even then, I feel like it, with the recovery time, I think – my mom was saying could be like up to 12 months.
0: Yeah, so, it's really tough. Know,
1: like you think about that, he'd miss like the rest of the season and then like a good chunk of next season if that were the case. Obviously it's not. He just cracked it. Right. Uh, but ah, uh, it just like <laughs> like dude.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and there's, someone said this too, like someone said this today too, because like Rizzo got hurt during the game today, and then it also was announced that Mike Trout is having surgery on his foot, and he's going to be done for the rest of the season, and someone tweeted, it was like, what a terrible day for baseball, we lose Anthony Rizzo, we lose Mike Trout, and Kristen Yelich is in heaven, or something like that, or it was like,
1: please pray, please pray for Rizzo, who's up in heaven with Yelich now, and I'm just like, what is going on? It is funny, though, because as soon as I – so as soon as I heard what it was or what they initially thought it was, um, my first thought was, like, goodbye playoffs. Goodbye. <laughs> like, that was my absolute first thought. I just Goodbye, don't, sweet no prince. Offense, literally no offense to the Brewers, but I just don't trust them in the slightest. Like, today even, they were playing the freaking Cardinals, who I hate more than anybody else. Yeah. Like, honest to God, the whole state, the whole city of St. Louis could just disappear, and yep. I'd be – completely fine if it just wasn't on the map one day totally fine. fine I would be fine totally fine um and the Brewers were losing and then all of a sudden like the top of the ninth they like I think like Brian Brown or somebody hit a home run and it was they like they went from losing to winning by like a fair, a fair margin right and I was like oh great top of the ninth totally fine five minutes later my phone buzzes and the Cardinals almost tie it up. I'm like, oh, no. I can't trust them. I can't trust them. They just – they're like the Blackhawks defense. I straight up just cannot trust them. Well, hardest so. thing
0: for me as a Cubs fan is, like, we're trailing the Cardinals in the division, but we're also, like, right in front of the Brewers. So I I'm like, who I, – I cannot cheer. I, I have to – like, like I have to cheer for the Cubs to win. I have to cheer for the Cardinals to lose and for the Brewers to also lose. So I'm yeah, just like, but they're playing each other. That I'm like, who, if one has who to do win. do I need
1: to lose here? Who, who, um, who needs to lose more? I think the it Cardinals. It is kind of funny that, it's funny that you mentioned that, because that's, I was thinking about that today. Like, uh, like, I was like, wow, I don't know who Shea would be rooting for in this game. Um, well, like, we're only two games behind St. Louis, and we're a game up on the
0: Brewers. So, like, yeah, if we keep winning, and you keep winning, we're just gonna stay the same, but if St. Louis keeps losing, then we're gonna get back into first. Exactly. So, so I need St. Louis uh. to lose, and I need both of us to win.
1: <laughs> it's just funny because it reminds me a lot of the NC State, Duke, and UNC Chapel Hill triad around here. Um, it's very much the same way where, like, if Duke and Carolina are playing, State fans are like, "Well, I don't know who to cheer for." And right. same thing, like, if State and Carolina are playing, or if State and Duke are playing, the other two are like, "Well, what?" <laughs> What do I do? Right. I got to watch you for either of them. Right, right, right. <laughs> so it's, I feel like obviously hockey gets like that too towards the end of the season, especially when you're in a playoff push. You're like, well, I don't want either team to win. Right. I can't tell you how many games were like that last year, especially when the Blackhawks got so close. It's like, I need right. you to lose, but I also need you to lose. But we need everybody to lose, yeah. Everybody has to lose. But, it's yeah, so time. bottom line, just don't, don't talk bad about guys who get hurt. I think that is just – ridiculously unsportsmanlike, and I don't care if you like the guy or not. Right. Really don't. I don't think you should wish for people to get hurt. And nope. bring your back to hockey for a second, and then I'll let you do your power play. I was going to say, I
0: don't really want – I'm not feeling my power play this week. Oh. <laughs> I'm not feeling it. Like, I'm really – like, I put it on there, but, like, I'm not feeling it. It's preseason predictions, but I was like, you know what? I'm just not feeling it. Oh.
1: Okay. okay. Well, you know what? I'm
0: just like – I don't know. Like, I, like, this conversation that we've had <laughs> – like about this like I was like I feel like that's just fine you know like
1: like ending it sort of with a hockey tie-in like I um when last year or this past season in the playoffs when (sighs) Ovechkin punched Forrest Ovechkin off in the face um I can't tell you how many people were like like on Twitter the one that made me the most mad was what is her name there's a song about her and now she does journalism in Washington. What is her name? Oh, Mia Khalifa. She used to be like a porn star or a stripper or something. Can't remember. But she's all of a sudden a journalist now. And she was berating Sveshnikov for that. And she's like, thank God he's out of the lineup, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, slow your roll, my dude. Slow your all right, roll. Sis. <laughs> First of all, he's like 18, 19 years old. Right. You should, that is a definite no. Right. That is terrible. So, shame on you for that, number one. And number two, like, why? Why? Like, right. you guys have a, not that it mattered in the end, but, like, y'all have Ovechkin and Braden Holpe and Nicholas Backstrom and Kuznetsov and Oshie. Like, the right. Hurricanes have, like, Sebastian Aho and Peter Murazik at best. Like, don't <laughs> freaking talk to me. Right. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, obviously, like, the Hurricanes are better than just those two players. Uh, but, like – you look at the capitals and they're like studs. Right. And then the hurricanes are like young guns. And it's just like like don't just don't be mean about that stuff. Like why would you wish for somebody to get hurt? Right. That is so terrible. That like imagine just like imagine just seeing somebody and just being, Wow, I really wish they would get hurt right now or wow, I'm really glad that person fell down the stairs. Do you know how terrible that sounds? Right. That's like terrible. Like you sound like an awful person when you say stuff like that. Awful person. Right, and I just yeah, so that's that's that, that was a good that was a good
0: power play, and also like I feel like that's an important topic, so we needed to talk about it. But um, thanks, I finally thought of one. All right, let's wrap this baby up. We've got countdowns here for you tomorrow preseason, as we mentioned before. We've got 19 days until the regular season starts on the fourth. Blackhawks will be in Prague versus the Flyers. And we have 25 days until the Sharks invade Chicago for the home opener. I'm so pumped! My dad and I are going. We're sitting at the 300 level. We're ready to just get crazy. There's, there's a um, my favorite, my one of my favorite ever Blackhawks videos that was ever done. It was after the 2013 Cup, and they did like the uh with the the fun song is like "Some Nights" ass day, and they do like oh, all yeah, yeah. uh, the montages and yeah, yeah. um. Uh, My favorite one, I want to say it was. I'm pretty sure it was uh, Dave Boland, but the one line that he says, he says, "I stand for the diehards in the 300 level," and I'm like, "That's me, Dave! Let's go, baby!" So my dad and I are going. We're very excited. It's funny because
1: like that's even me. Like with the Hurricanes, like I don't usually sit in the lower bowl. Yeah, I just sit up in the cheap seats. You could go to more games if you do that. I don't know if people think about that, but right. That's galaxy brain level stuff. Use your head, dude. Use your head. Yeah, use your head. Just. That's okay.
0: Well, that was a heck of a a 50th episode (laughs) of our podcast. I'm pretty excited about it. Thank you for, if you've been listening since day one, or if this is your first podcast that you're listening uh, of us, thank you. Thank you for listening to us. Thank you for continuing to listen to us. we really appreciate it. Once the regular season starts, we will be more active on social media. I'm very excited about that. I know we say that every week, but it's, it's getting closer, so I feel like we have we're to say there. it. We're getting there. Um, but, yes, thank you for tuning in this week. We hope you guys have a great week up ahead of you. Uh, hockey this week, get excited. Um, and we're so, 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 so close, so we are very excited. Um, and, yeah, thank you for coming back. Hope you guys have a good one.
1: Bye, guys.